You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 103. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here for the next 20 or 30 minutes. I have a lot I want to jump into today, so let's get right to it. Yes, 4th of July is near. For many of you, you are enjoying the heck out of your summer, especially considering what was going on last summer. So please, go out there, enjoy it, do it at whatever level you consider safe, be awesome, be amazing, don't argue with people over politics and religion and and, and social justice issues, like for a day, just stop and breathe. And if if nothing else, just enjoy the, the idea of what this country can become and what it has been and, 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 and take some solemnness if you desire and really ask yourself, where can you be part of the solution? Where can you step into a place of empowerment and leadership and, and start to, uh, be someone who is the conduit conduit, conduit. Like I decided I was going to break that up into two syllables. Where can you be the conduit of connection and inclusivity rather than disconnection and exclusivity, right? These are, these are, these are the powerful traits that a leader takes on. These are the success habits you want to be instilling in yourself in college. And I get that I've got over a hundred some different countries who listen to this podcast and that is super dope and so awesome. And for yourselves, where can you be inclusivity over exclusivity? For your own country, for your own college, for your own tribe, where can you step into empowerment and, and be that leader who unites rather than disconnects? I cannot stress that enough. This country has, has so much disconnection. This world has so much disconnection. We need more people who want to be empowered leaders, who want to start to be able to actively listen at how other people talk and, and figure out ways of uniting rather than dividing. Yes, we all have our own unique personalities. We all have our own unique lives that we've led that have gotten us to this point that have created these opinions, beliefs, and values inside of us. And it does not need to be a wall. Our differences do not need to be a wall. They can be a bridge. Everybody out there is seeking the same things certainty, safety, security, variety in life, love, connection, contribution, significance, personal growth. These are the six human needs that we talk about all the time and how we all are having these as an undercurrent to our lives. So when you start to to realize that a disconnection, perhaps you're feeling with somebody else is just a different way they're going about creating their own six human needs in their life. And that's not right or wrong. As long as they're not actively hurting somebody else, it's not right or wrong. It's just their point of view. And so today what we're going to dive into is this book I've been listening to on Audible called The War of Art by Steve Pressfield. I'm only two or three listens into it at this point, and I've really started to jump around once I got through the second listen. It's a quick, it's like one of those two hour long books 
that honestly, if you listen to like I do at about 1.3, 1.5, it's like an hour and a half. I walk 12,000 steps a day. So that's pretty much how long it takes me to walk my five to six miles. So I, I crushed this book in one day and then just immediately hit repeat on the whole thing. And there's a section in there where he starts to talk about hierarchical versus territorial orientation. And he specifically mentions high school as being very hierarchical. And I thought the moment I heard it, I was like, this is absolutely a topic for college success habits. I've got to bring this to you all. And so let's discuss how this hierarchical orientation versus territorial orientation has where you can notice it in your own life, where you can begin to use the value that each one of them brings to you in your life. You can begin to reevaluate whether you are happy with the the orientation that you're currently set in. And you can really start to utilize the understanding of hierarchical orientation or territorial orientation in your own life, right? We don't seek to, to judge ourselves right or wrong, right? When we label ourselves hierarchical or territorial in certain parts of our life, it is not so that we can feel bad about ourselves. It's just so that we can understand more about ourselves. We don't seek right or wrong we seek to understand ourselves at a, at a deeper, more impactful, empowered level. This is so important. For those of you who are non-traditional students who are out there and you're like, Jess, look, I'm in my 20s, I'm late 20s, I got kids, I'm in my 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, then even better, right? You can teach old dogs new tricks. I've never understood why there seems to be this infatuation with children being the future when I'm sitting here looking at a 40-year-old who has another 40 years in their life. They are going back to college to start a new career. They're going to, to make themselves better, to create a better life for themselves. That's 40 years of future. I get that a 10-year-old's got, you know, theoretically 70 more years of future, but I think everybody is important. I think everybody's personal growth and development should be something that they monitor at their own individual level. I find that people who aren't open to the idea of personal growth, who say things like, I'm good, I like the way I am, I have no reason to change, are the ones who are really missing out on just the, the deliciousness that is life. If you're constantly just eating cheeseburgers all the time, you don't even realize how amazing it could be with bacon on it or olives or, or you know, Serrano chili peppers. Like you're not experiencing the full gravitas of this planet, of this experience. So don't worry that labels start to corner you into, a, start to box you into a corner. And in fact, what they do is they expand you. It allows you to see yourself at a whole nother uh, perspective. And then you can begin to shift your perception of what it is you're doing with your life. So let's dive into hierarchical versus territorial orientation so that you can start to see how it, it's, it's playing a role in your life. And we're even going to dive into extroverted versus introverted and internal versus external validation. Because I really think that when I start to step back and look at this from a bird's eye view, hierarchical and territorial orientation isn't just limited those behaviors that lead you into one or the other isn't just limited to those two labels, hierarchical or territorial. In fact, there's a lot of external versus internal validation happening, and there's a lot of extroverted versus introverted personality types also occurring. And now you'll be able to really understand yourself at this magnificent level. So in The War of Art, Steve Pressfield talks about how a hierarchical orientation is where, and this is why he brought it up for high school, there's very much a pecking order. It's a wolf pack, 
right? You know that the jock and the cheerleader have this particular orientation. They're, they have this particular status in school. You know, the chess club has their own particular status in school. There's a, there's the, there's this pecking order when you start to look at it from this high school way. And I don't care what country you're going to, you start putting a bunch of hormonal teenagers into the same building, you're, they're all going to start to break off into their own wolf packs, their own tribes. And when they do that, even within their own individual tribe, there begins to be a pecking order. Right, you know, no doubt you've seen, you know, where there'll be like, oh yeah, that's the alpha female in that group. Usually, those groups tend to be somewhere around the three to seven range, right? They can extend a little bit past that seven range and start to go beyond into like that ten or twelve. But even when you start to add that many people into a tinier little tribe, you'll find that they will even click off. They'll even turn into a tinier tribe, and at some point, it literally just gets to like the two best friends. And then there'll be, let's say that's a group of four girls or four guys. There inevitably will be the one you're more bonded to, the one that you're more with. So even there, you've broken off into a smaller tribe. But we've all seen those pictures on social media of the four dudes or the four ladies. And it's like, you, you're like, oh yeah, that's the alpha one. That's the one that commands the tribe. It's, it's, our, it's, our, it's, almost, it's like a pre-selected orientation to one, get into hierarchies, and then it's this default behavior to break these hierarchies down into smaller and smaller clusters. So when you competed in high school for attention, whenever you were in student body or you were at the school newspaper or you were in the school band, the whole thing was uh, its own hierarchy inside of another hierarchy. Now the territory becomes the school, right? But when we start to think about territory, it really becomes the things that you can do on your own, where you get your own validation, where you have your own um, introvertedness sparked and, and, and refueled. And this is why we're talking about all six of these labels in this episode. Hierarchical versus territorial, internal versus external validation, and um, Oh my goodness, my brain is my brain just stopped right there. Extroverted versus introverted. When you think about a territory, think about a park, or perhaps it's a comic book store, or perhaps it's a, a certain corner of a library. It's it's some particular place that you can go alone and you can refuel yourself, or you can study, or you can have this alone time where you can really focus in on yourself. So whereas hierarchical is a, is a default orientation pattern that very much seeks the external gratification of having people say that you're doing well, right? Your territory, where you feel most comfortable, most safe, it could be your room, it could be your office in your house, it could be wherever you can go to be you, to be yourself, by yourself, to refuel yourself, that becomes your territory, as we get older, we naturally start to flow toward the territorial orientation. As we get older, we care less and less about what people think because we've, we've taken a ton of hard knocks. We've got the bruises and the scars to prove it. After a while, it just gets to the point where it's like, you know what, I honestly don't even care what anyone thinks about me. And this is really apparent when you start to see people in their 40s and 50s and 60s that still operate with this hierarchical orientation. Those are the ones that might, you know, they're, they're really trying to grip a hold of their youth. They'll dress a certain way. They'll talk a certain way. They very much don't want to let go of the hierarchy. It's very important to them. If it was extremely important to them at a young age, then more than likely it's going to continue to be important to them throughout. 
If you already feel like you're breaking away from that hierarchy orientation in high school, into college, then you're absolutely going to be more prone to territory as you get older and more mature. See, in college, the hierarchy doesn't work because the college campus is too big. Google, uh, Coca-Cola, Facebook, the hierarchy doesn't work as well because you're looking at thousands and thousands of employees who won't even necessarily be around each other ever unless it's like a Christmas party. It's, It's like that in college. People break off into their own hierarchies. Right? They're still looking for external validation, so they might join the band or join theater or join a, uh, a, a social group or an academic group. Right? Because you for, for me, University of Florida was 50,000 people. Weimar Hall was where I studied journalism. That was my little territory. That was my building. In there, there was people who wanted to be broadcast journalists or print journalists or marketing executives. There was all these different... Um, all these different schools within the Weimar Hall, right? It was, yes, it was known as the journalism school, but ultimately there was a lot of different um, classes that you could take in there. There's a lot of different majors that were represented within Weimar. And within each one of those majors, now it becomes more hierarchical. Now you start to recognize certain faces in class after class. Perhaps you're competing to get your article on the front of the newspaper over this other person. Perhaps you know that these five people also want to be a sports journalist and interview Tim Tebow. So now you've got to compete with them to see if you can be the one who gets that interview. Humans will naturally orient themselves from a gigantic group into smaller and smaller clusters. But unlike high school, where you're being force-fed into this gigantic building with all of these people that you're basically stuck with for four years. In college, the campus can be so big, the area can be so vast that you may never, I never once saw a football player who played on the University of Florida team at my college campus. Never once. It's that big. There was that many different majors. There was that much going on. So I never ran into the jocks. I wouldn't even have known that they existed had it not been for us winning national championships and being on television all the time. So you get to break away from the hierarchy orientation when you leave high school and go into college. You can choose to go back into it and find your own tribe. And again, you don't even really have a choice. If you want to join any club, if you want to join any kind of membership, if you want to be a part of any organization, there's going to be a hierarchy to it. You choose how actively you allow their emotions and their actions to affect you. And that's where you start to look at this introverted, extroverted, internal versus external validation. You can know that you're hierarchical if you feel stressed or anxiety-ridden and you call your top six people in your phone, whoever those might be, family members or friends, and you seek for them to validate you, tell you that you're doing a good job. That's very hierarchical. It's very externally validated, right? That's That's a very extroverted behavior. If you start to feel stress and anxiety, instead you go off uh, and you go to a yoga studio and you do yoga, even if there's people in the room, you're still doing it with, by yourself. It's not a group activity. There's a lot of people doing it at the same time. But it, you know, for me, I was never like a competition. Can I get lower than the person next to me? I don't really care what they're doing. I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to stretch. Everybody just leave me. I'd put in headphones if I could, but then I wouldn't know what the instructor was saying, right? So you can find a territory. And when you feel stressed or anxiety and you go off for a beautiful walk in the park, you go and even play like a video game or you read a book in a corner, whatever it is you do, hell, you could go read a book with tens of thousands of people around you. You could go to a concert, 
30,000 people cheering for the band and you could be sitting there reading a book. If that's what reinvigorates you, that's still territorial. You just feel really good in a gigantic concert hall while people are yelling and screaming around you and you're reading a book. I know that might sound like an insane example, but I actually saw someone bring a book to a Green Day concert one time and they were bobbing their head and enjoying the hell out of it all the while reading their book with this little uh, this little neck light that they had brought and was wearing it around their neck. It was the, it was the coolest thing to see because I just never thought that anyone would ever do that. So anyways, nice little fun diatribe sidebar there. So let's get back. Okay, so if you're asking yourself, am I, am I mostly hierarchical or territorial? Ask yourself, how do you reinvigorate your energy? How do you fill your cup up? Do you do it around a bunch of people at a bar, at a party? Do you need to be around people to, re- to re-energize and fill yourself up? That's very hierarchical. That's very extroverted. That's very externally validated, oriented. Now, you won't always be every one of these. And that's the beauty of labels. That's the beauty of these systems that I introduce you to. All systems in their own way are right, and all systems in their own way are wrong. You won't always follow your Myers-Briggs score exactly to the T, or your DISC profile, or your bank profile. Right? I could sit here and use utilize NLP to tell you that you're internally or externally motivated, that you're toward versus away energy motivated, that you look at things very detail-oriented or very globally abstract. I could tell you that you do these things at certain times in certain places, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you will always follow that pattern. You're a human. You're going to have differences. They're going to come up. You won't even necessarily know, unless you're being very aware of yourself, where you're hierarchical or where you're territorial. At work, you could be very hierarchical, where it's always a pecking order, and you're just you want to be the one seen by the boss as the most powerful, the smartest, the most intelligent. Or you could very well be the leader who very much feels like the workplace, is that's your territory. You already know you're the top dog because you're the owner, you're the leader. So now that's where you go into your office to be able to uh, refill your cup. Or it could also be hierarchical because you're also in competition with the other 10 businesses in your town that do the same thing. I know there's a lot of listeners out there who are going to colleges that are actually five, ten, fifteen thousand. Right? I've gotten messages from you. I understand that for a lot of you, when you hear fifty thousand undergrad, it blows your mind. When you start to deal with those smaller schools, yes, there is that potential for it to become a hierarchy-based university experience. But even then, everybody has their own little world. Like I knew someone who went to Hanover in Indiana. It's very tiny. Right. Yes, the campus does know each other, but it's not like high school where you know you got to worry about getting bullied or somebody knocking books out of your hand. It's everybody is very much focused on why they're there, getting the good grades, and moving forward with their life. So it very much becomes less hierarchical the more people focus on the education at the institution. Whereas you know you start looking at something as big as University of Florida, a lot of partying, a lot of having fun, but it's already so big that it can't necessarily be a hierarchy on campus. The the smaller groups is where you start to find your hierarchy. So if you want to really know where you lean on this, then again, territory is where you evaluate your evaluate your happiness. I'm sorry, hierarchical orientation is where you evaluate your happiness, your success, your achievements by rank. Right, you start to compare yourself to others. You're looking for that external validation. 
if you go to a lot of places where your extroverted nature gets to shine, then that becomes hierarchical. Even drunk people at a bar, who's better at pool, who can do more shots, who can wear the nicer clothes, who can flirt with the most other people, right? Like it's very hierarchy driven. Whereas territory, it provides sustenance. It reinvigorates. You can do it without any external input, meaning there doesn't need to be anybody else around. You don't need anyone else patting you on the back, telling you that where you're at right then and there is a good place for you. You know it's a good place for you because you can do these things alone. It doesn't mean that you won't invite your partner or a good friend along a walk at a beautiful park so that they can enjoy it as well. But it's absolutely something that you can do alone. Right, you can, it's it's territory can only be claimed by work, meaning that you have to put in effort to achieve it to get there. A territory can return exactly what you bring and put into it, right? So if you walk along a beautiful path, and you're looking at your phone the entire time, then you're you're behaving in a hierarchical way at a place that was meant to bring you territorial orientation. When you put the phone away. Maybe you listen to a beautiful song or no songs and you just listen to the birds and you really embrace it and you're self-aware and you look around and you notice what you're noticing and you, and you embrace that experience. Now you're stepping into the territorial aspect of it. This is why it's so important to put the phone away, to stop looking down at that and really just embrace what it is that you're experiencing. If you, do, if you go and do your own thing, the things that calm you down, that bring you back to center, then that's acting territorial. That's when you that's when you step out of the hierarchy system and you go and you reinvigorate yourself. That's internally motivated. That's that internal gratification where you can you can lift your own spirits. A lot of people will look at that and think, well, that person's introverted. And again, extroverted versus introverted is just an idea of how do you refill your cup. How do you reinvigorate yourself? Do you get it by being around a ton of people and being externally validated? Then you're extroverted. If you do it by going and spending alone time at beautiful places that are that are special to you, then you're internally motivated. That's an introverted behavior. Again, somebody who's extremely extroverted isn't necessarily a good or bad person any more than somebody who's extremely introverted is necessarily a good or bad person. They just have their own personality. They have their own way about things. In college, I very much enjoyed being around a ton of people and getting drunk with them and being the party guy. And then there was times where I just got in my 300ZX and just drove out to a beautiful lake and just sat there listening to music, staring out at the alligators and watching the bats fly around, eating all the mosquitoes, and I just enjoyed that. I didn't need anybody else there. In fact, I didn't want anyone else there. And so I bring you hierarchical versus territorial, introverted versus extroverted, and internally versus externally validated. I bring these three different um, labeling sets to you just so that you can be aware of how you behave most of the time or what is it that you prefer. There is no judgment, right or wrong. It's only seeking to understand yourself better. And I will repeat that every episode till we finally get it through our heads. So here's what you can do as an activity. Sit down and write out what are five to ten things that you do on a regular basis. What are five to ten activities that you love to be a part of, that you're constantly doing? It could be something that maybe you only do it once a month because there's only that one meeting for that one organization once a month. Maybe it's something that you do every single day. 
How often you do it is not as important as what it is that you're doing. So sit down and write out five to ten different things that you do, that, that you love doing, that come to mind. And then ask yourself, are those hierarchical or territorial? And it's super simple. If a lot of people have to be involved, then it's hierarchical. If it's something that you do on your own, then it's territorial. Somebody like Stevie Wonder, that, and this was mentioned in the book, he, his territory is the piano. You know, uh, John Mayer or, or, or one of my other favorite guitarists, you know, Trey Anastasio, his territory is that guitar. He doesn't need anyone else to play the guitar. He can just sit there in his own room and do that. Yes, he goes on stage and does it for thousands and thousands of people. But, his, but what's happening is he is creating that just in front of a stage. But he doesn't need the stage there in order to actually play the guitar and be amazing at it. A writer who sits down at their computer while they are creating something that will one day be judged and very much put out there for other humans to experience, the territory is the act of their writing. It's not hierarchical in that moment. Once they put it out there, the rest of society will put it into the hierarchy. They might even start to place it within the hierarchy. But when you're actually sitting there writing, that is your zone. That is your place. That is what you're doing. You don't need anybody else there to tell you to write. You are a writer. You're an artist. This is what the book is called, War of Art. So write out the five to ten things that you do and look. Is it hierarchical or is it territorial? Does it need other people to be done? Is there a lot of external validation? Is it very much an extroverted activity? Then you can be very comfortable calling it hierarchical. Is it territorial? Is it something that you can do alone? Is it internally motivated, internally validated? Is it an introverted behavior? Then you very much can say, okay, that's territorial. In a perfect world, if that ever could possibly exist, I would assume, and I'm going to make a very educated guess on this, that having a good balance of the two is where you would seek to behave. That That's that ambivert, where you can do extroverted versus introverted behaviors. You seek some external validation, but you also can internally validate. I think there's a lot of benefit to external validation. Right? Anytime you put anything out there, when I go do a speech, right? even though I know I've done a great job, I've thoroughly prepared the podcast, thoroughly prepared, I, I'm succinct, I bring you guys the information, I know this is benefiting those of you out there who are open-minded and are paying attention to what I'm actually saying. I, I know it's a good job. doesn't mean that I still don't enjoy the messages. I still love the external validation because then I get a first-hand view that this stuff is working. And yes, you may be hearing a siren in the background because I've got the windows open and it's a beautiful day. And so being externally validated isn't, isn't bad. But if you seek it all the time and you, can't, and you don't think you've done a good job unless somebody else tells you you've done a good job, you want to start to ruminate on why you think that. Why do you behave that way? Why is, it, why is your own internal validation not enough for you? Because you're never going to get every single person to agree with what you say or what you write or what you present. There's always going to be someone out there who is just going to not see eye to eye with you. And if you need everyone to love you all the time, you're playing a fool's game. You will never, ever, ever win the game of, I want everyone to love me all the time. And if that was even anywhere near possible, you would have to change your messaging so often to try to get people on either side 
to still continue to agree with you that you, by the end of it, you wouldn't even recognize yourself anymore. You wouldn't even recognize your message. So seek to be hierarchical and territorial in a very beautiful balance. Seek to be externally validated and internally validated in a very beautiful balance. Seek to be extroverted and introverted in a very beautiful balance. You seek balance in your life. You seek to create the life that is important to you. You take care of yourself first. You put your oxygen mask on first because then your cup can be full and you can be there for those that you love, for those that depend on you, for those that ask of you things that you want to bring to them. When you can really begin to notice all three of these labeling sets within you, you just get a very amazing keen insight on what your drivers are, what the difference that makes the difference. And again, you will release the desire to judge yourself or anyone else right or wrong, but instead seek to understand why it is you or they behave that way. I'll end on this. As children, there's always a there, there's, there tends to be a part of us that's like, look, mommy, mommy, look, look, daddy, 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 look, 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 look. And if the parents look all the time, that could cause you to be very externally driven, externally motivated for their, for their love, right? But if, what if they didn't look all the time, right? Does that mean that you became internally or does that mean that you strived even harder to get that external validation? It can go either way. That's the, and that's that's the that's the most beautiful thing about it. The kid who always gets externally you know, uh, motivated, always gets that external gratification from their parents, might eventually grow up to say, "I didn't really need it because I got so much of it as a kid. I realized I was doing good." Just like they might always get external motivation and then realize, "Hey, I love external motivation. That's all I want for the rest of my life is to tell have everybody tell me how good I am." Then the kid who doesn't get the attention that they desire could could just go over the top and then just start to do bad things to just get any attention at all because any attention is better than no attention. Bad attention, sure. If it, At least that means my parents know I exist. Uh, alternatively, they could have never gotten any of that attention, validated themselves at a young age and realized, oh, this is all I need is to know that I'm doing a good job. It can go any one of those four ways. And neither are right or wrong unless the behavior ultimately leads them into a, a place of addiction or prison or hurting other people, right? That's that ecology that we talk about a lot. Is it good for you? Is it good for the, the people within your inner, your close circle? And is it good for the world at large? And your world at large could be hierarchical like in a high, high school or college, or it could expand all the way out to every single square inch of this beautiful planet. All of that is up for you to now decide. All is There you go. I have presented. You go explore. By all means, hit me up at Jesse Mogul at College Success. Um, for blah, 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 blah. Let me repeat. I, I shut down the College Success habit Instagram. It's just too much. So hit me up at Jesse Mogul on Instagram. If you have any kind of drinking, drug, addiction, vice kind of issues in your life, please go check out at From Sobriety to Recovery, my Instagram account there. You can find links to the podcast From Sobriety to Recovery. I do this show to show you different ways of being emotional intelligent at a very formidable time in your life. Because I don't want you to, to, to start to seek such external validation that you find yourself constantly in a, in a cycle of addiction and ultimately have to wake up one day at 40 years old and go to rehab like I did. 
I was very externally motivated. I was very extroverted. I needed, needed, needed everyone to tell me how, how amazing I was. And that led me to drinking and drugging and, and overeating and everything else that comes with not feeling good about myself. So I bring you information so that you can raise yourself up so that you're empowered and you can be more attuned to your own emotional needs. And I really, really, really feel blessed that all of you have tuned in up to this point for 103 episodes. So I will see you again next week. Inclusivity over exclusivity. For those of you in the United States of America, happy 4th of July. Be amazing. Be blessed. For the rest of you out there, just happy life. Happy Sunday to you. Go be amazing. Inclusivity over exclusivity. The power of positive energy. Release it and your life will flow. See you soon. Bye-bye. 